a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Four losses in a row. It goes right through his arms, off his midsection to the turf. A drop ball. Four missed opportunities to turn the season around. Timeouts have been exhausted. All they can do is kick it and hope to win it. The Cougars travel to Boise State today for a rivalry sure to put them to the test. It comes at a crucial, soul-searching moment. The only way to turn it around is to love each other, focus on each other, stick to our core values, our principles. The Cougars have what it takes. Can they put it all together today and get back on track? Really excited about uh, correcting things and getting things back to where we can play at our best. This is KSL's special extended pregame coverage sponsored by UCCU. Our hosts are Mitch Harper and Matt Bimonte on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome into extended pregame coverage. It's BOU and Boise State, and UCCU has a 15-month savings certificate with an APY of 4%. UCCU, love where you bank. Glad to have them on board for extended pregame coverage. And Mitch, glad to have you live from Boise, Idaho. It's going to be a fun day, Matt. Uh, BYU and the Broncos, it's a rivalry day. And I, I do consider this a rivalry, BYU and Boise State means a lot to BYU, and it means a lot to these people up here uh, in Idaho, in the Gem State. So uh, I'm looking forward to a fun game today. Five o'clock kick here on KSL News Radio. It's BYU and Boise State. Last time scheduled on the blue turf. We'll get to a lot of conversation about BYU and the Broncos. We're gonna, you're going to hear from BYU defensive end Tyler Batty, offensive lineman Blake Freeland and Connor Pay, and hard-hitting safety Micah Harper. So Jam-packed show as we get you ready for BYU and Boise State. But we do want to start things off with some big news in the Big 12. BYU's future home, a meteorites deal. And that's where we start things off in the leadoff. The leadoff. A look at the stories making headlines right now. It's time for the leadoff on Cougar Sports Saturday. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark, he's talking a lot these days, but man, is he delivering. The Big 12 Conference has reportedly landed an extension of their meteorites deal with ESPN and Fox. So when BYU's in the Big 12 Conference, they're going to stay on two of the biggest providers of college football content around, and there's going to be a big payday for BYU and Big 12 members, which gives the stability that this conference has been looking for. Gives the conference stability, and particularly for BYU, Mitch, This I think this is going to change their athletic program. And I think one of the biggest ways you're going to see the impact is just in the money available to spend on coaches because that that's become an arms race, Mitch. If you want to have 
good coaches, you got to be willing to spend. And BYU has never been known as a school that's been willing to spend. But now that you're getting more money than you've ever received, and it, it's it's more than double, it's more than triple, it's more than uh, yeah, it's it's a significant game changer for them. And I think it's going to change the way they operate in a good way. It's going to make them competitive with, especially with teams in the Big Twelve, but even more so, you know, competitive with teams out west. So this is this is great. And Brett Yormark is killing it. I, I cannot think of a better first couple months for a new commissioner. He increases the revenue for the team staying when a lot of people thought it would get what sliced in half because it didn't have Texas or Oklahoma. It increases. I mean, BYU is is just in a great spot. Never mind the losing streak, the four-game losing streak. Put that aside. The future is brighter than it's ever been. Here's the details that were first reported by the Sports Business Journal uh, regarding this Big 12 media rights extension. It begins in 2025-2026. That's the first year Texas and Oklahoma will officially be members of the SEC. So this is the deal for the new Big 12, the next iteration of the conference. It's a six-year extension worth $2.2 billion, which is $380 million annually, and it'll be split among the 12 teams, which equals $31.5 million per year in just TV money. And then you factor in the potential college football playoff money, NCAA tournament units. We're talking about BYU and Big 12 members potentially landing $50 million per year in revenue. It's massive money. It's proof that television rights in college football have been undersold for years. But it also shows that the Big 12 has a chance to really reinvent itself with this short extension. It's only six years. So they'll be back at the market for the 2031 year. Uh, But this is a chance to show television partners what this new league can be yep and hey espn and fox the two biggest college football platforms they signed on and it's pretty exciting i love that you mentioned that it's only six years because i think that's a really important detail the money gets a lot of the uh you know it's the flashy thing oh a lot more money we're with espn and fox that's all great but I think what's also great is that it's six years because if with the new college football playoff expansion, if you have a great four or five years in this new deal, you could be worth even more. And, and you know, college football will probably be worth even more at that point anyways with the college football uh, playoff. And then you're not locked into a deal where you're a bargain for ESPN and Fox for a long period of time. Six years is not a long time. So you secure the short-term future, but there's options down the road because I'm not going to lie, Mitch. There was a small part of me that was disappointed they weren't going to a new provider. But I I think that I prefer this for the short term, which is stability with networks that have, are name brand in sports, Fox and ESPN. And Brett Yormark has been uh, you know pushing that he doesn't only want television partners. He wants them to truly be a partner in the sense of featuring Big 12 games in marquee television spots. You know, one of the knocks coming in to these negotiations about the Big 12 was, well, they don't get ratings. Well, it's hard to get ratings when you're always on FS1 or you're on FS2, which BYU will be on today against Boise State on television. It's tough to land the big numbers when you're not being put on those huge platforms. See, the ESPNs of the world, they don't have the Big 10 going forward. So ESPN, they got the SEC, they got the Big 12. And potentially the Pac-12, too. But there's a chance where we could see, you know, Big 12 games maybe in a featured spot right after college game day at 10 a.m. We could see some late night games. We could see some 5 p.m. on Fox. There's a lot of opportunities from a scheduling window. 
And these teams uh, could be highlighted in their stories, as Brett Yormark has consistently said. We want to be additive. We want to have. We want to be contemporary, Matt. The Big Twelve wants to be young and hip and cool. And you know, I, I think that this league's got the chance to be that with the two biggest college football platforms that television has to offer. Yeah, it's it's fantastic uh, for BYU's sake. Maybe not the ten a.m. games. Uh, <laughs> More, Could more, happen, though. more night games. I mean, hey, if they get their act together and start playing better <laughs> during the day, then give me the day games. But yeah, it, it's just, I think it shocked a lot of people how much money it was. Cause there was, I mean, let's not forget the Big 12, Pac 12 war of commissioners and just the narratives. Oh, you know, cause I, I feel like there is, you know, whether you agree with this or not, I do, but it kind of feels like the media has pitted Klyovkov against your mark. Who's going to get it done for these conferences that have had teams leave to go to bigger conferences? This is just an enormous win for your mark and the Big 12 because the Pac-12 was in a similar situation where they had an early negotiating window. They've got nothing from it. And now the Big 12 has actual tangible numbers that could play out as being a big recruiting pitch down the road to try and grab the Arizona schools. So and now you know, hey, on the low end, 31, that's not including these other things, could be up to 50. You want to come be, you want to be stable or do you still want to try and figure it out? So it, it is, it's just a landmark deal. And it, I, I do believe this, Mitch. I think it positions the Big 12 down the road to be the third best conference in college sports. It sets the market too for media rights for leagues not named the Big 10 and SEC going forward. It's not, it's not impossible that the big, the Pac 12, excuse me, gets more money in media rights than the Big 12. But the thing is, is that, and BYU fans and people listening understand this very well. There was a time when the Mountain West Conference got a bigger payday than ESPN was offering, and they went with CSTV and Comcast. How did that work out? The Pac 12, they might feel good about going to Amazon potentially. That's been the rumors. That's been the report. It's very tough to get a brand new deal put together. But, yeah, let's say Amazon overpays and gives them $40 million a year. Maybe it could happen. I don't know. Uh, but you're on Amazon. And we've seen with the NFL, the Premier League, the ratings are plummeting. So it's a unique spot in college athletics. But I think BYU is in a great place in that Big 12. And who's going to be in that Big 12? We'll talk about that next. We could be a very familiar face <laughs> joining BYU when the Cougars join the Big 12. We'll hit on that as extended pregame rolls on live from Boise, Idaho. It's BYU and Boise State here on KSL News Radio. BYU, Boise State. Score! Special extended pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into Extended Pregame. BYU and Boise State kicks off today at 5 o'clock. Network Pregame gets started at 3 o'clock. We're taking you all the way up there. We're live in Boise, Idaho for the scene of BYU and the Broncos. And, you know, it, it, this game brings to a close a annual rivalry that's been a byproduct of independence. BYU and the Broncos have played annually since 2012. That's going to come to an end when BYU joins the Big 12. And... What a bombshell of a report earlier this week, Matt. ESPN's Pete Thamel, who I think he's the best in the business in college athletics right now, he put out a report that Gonzaga is talking with Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark about potentially joining the Big 12. Gonzaga doesn't have football. What do you make of this, Matt? When I read it, I thought it was awesome because... Gonzaga is not going to stick around in the WCC. That's the bottom line. They're, they're, 
now that BYU is leaving, the WCC is going to go back to what it was before BYU got there. It's just not as strong of a conference. Like the WCC with BYU for the past decade, it's been sneaky good. Like yeah. it's been a multi-tournament team for a, for a long time now, and I think it has a lot of respect. I mean, you look at RPI rankings; it's always, it feels like it's always a top ten conference in basketball. So I think the WCC certainly benefited from BYU being there, and with them leaving, it's it hurts. And I think Gonzaga looks at it and says, "We're too good for this. Like we have one of the premier." Basketball uh, programs in all of college basketball, if you know, certainly the best in the West, right? Over the past decade, we deserve to be on a better platform. And I think it's a stroke of brilliance by the Big 12 if they're able to grab them. And I would even couple them with St. Mary's. Here's the only catch, though, is they can't receive as much money as all the other teams. And I, I don't think I'm really interested in having them be full members either. From a basketball only perspective, I think it is a slam dunk. Uh, not only because it, it, it widens the gap between the Big 12 and everyone else, it also eliminates the Pac-12 from grabbing them and strengthening their conference. So I think it's a win on a lot of sides. I really like it. Uh, not as full members, but uh, I definitely want to see Gonzaga join in hoops. And, and because it's I, – I, I'm with you. I don't want to see them as full members. Honestly, it's a non-starter for me. I love the idea, the concept, and I love how aggressive – your mark is being in putting this narrative out there because it was subtly noted by Thamel that Gonzaga has also engaged in talks with the Big East and Pac-12, uh, but the talks with the Big 12 are the ones that make the headlines. So your mark in the Big 12 team, they're doing their jobs to make it look like they are beating Pac-12 in anything when it comes to talks and the narrative. The narrative <laughs> around the Big 12 is much better than the Pac-12, but to me, I just think that it's a non-starter because I don't want them in the rest of the sports. And honestly, if you want to go up in, in the Pacific Northwest, which I'm not worried about geography, people that are like, what about the equestrian team having to go up from Morgantown to Spokane? I don't care about that. This is major college athletics. A ton of money is at yeah, stake. When you're, when you're raking in 50 mil, it doesn't matter where you travel. And if, and if you want to be a student athlete that wants to play regionally and doesn't want to deal with travel, go play in the big sky. Go play in the, the Sun Belt. Mount West. No one's asking you to play in the biggest uh, conferences in college athletics. If you want to be, be regional and not go on planes, well, then go in the big sky. You know, like that, yep. that's what you can do. <laughs> yep. uh, but no one's choosing that. I think, though, I, I don't want to see the the leftover eight, if you will. I don't know if that's the right term to call them. I don't, I don't know how they would feel with this type of move. Uh, the, the it's only, Gonzaga, though. That's the thing. The, the Gonzaga thing is, is huge. Is Gonzaga going to be a thing after Mark Few? Is Gonzaga's facilities and arena... Um, you know, does that up to par with Big 12 standards? And also, too, if you want to go up there in the Pacific Northwest, like I was saying, why not go get Washington State and Oregon State? Because, one, you directly undercut the Pac-12 membership and take them to eight. You're in that part of the country. Then it maybe makes more logistical sense to go get Gonzaga. Why not go get the, the two Pac-12 teams that have been told, you're just going to end up in the Mountain West when Oregon and Washington eventually go to the Big Ten? Why not go get them? Because they are probably chomping at the bit for stability. Because they've been the ones that have been told, you're left for nothing. And they bring football to the table, And your too. partners don't give a rip about you. Wazoo and uh, or uh, Washington and Oregon, they want to leave you behind. I, I mean, it's that's not a glamorous look. Like I think everyone would love to see Arizona, Arizona State. That's what I would like to see. But I, why not go get Wazoo, Oregon State, you dip into the Pacific Northwest, you get in that fourth time zone that your mark wants to do, and they bring football, and then maybe it look, makes a little more sense to go get Gonzaga. Uh, but the thing about the Zags, too, when we talked earlier about in the first segment about total payouts, 
the Zags are a walking payout when it comes to NCAA tournament units. Like, I don't care. If they got in the Big 12, they would still go to the dance, and they would still be a second weekend team. And those NCAA tournament units, they cash out big. And it could be bigger if we see the tournament expand to 80 or 90 teams. The Zags are going to make bank in that space. But I also wonder, like, what are they going to be after Mark Few? Because that is were, a fair concern. there were nothing before them other than Dan Monson and Stockton. But, you know, outside of that, what are they going to be anything after Mark Few? That's my only concern. That's a that's a fair concern, but it might be worth it might be worth it to figure it out. Yeah. So because they've built a really nice brand in college basketball and not only helped the Big 12. We got to take a break here. We're going to switch over to football on the other side. We got a, a bunch of great inter- interviews for you to get you ready for BOU and Boise State. And we'll start things off on the other side with Mitch's conversation earlier in the week with Tyler Batty. Back after this, it's extended pregame coverage here on KSL News Radio. The Cougars are in crisis. BYU's been outgained tonight, 424-388. BYU takes a four-game skid to one of the toughest places to win in the country, Boise State. Lack of execution, and it seemed like third third and short and fourth and short is our nemesis right now. It's special extended pregame coverage brought to you by UCCU on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage of BYU and Boise State. I'm your BYU insider, Mitch Harper, coming to you live from Boise, Idaho, site of BYU Cougars versus the Boise State Broncos at Albertson Stadium. And joining me now is BYU defensive lineman Tyler Batty. I catch up with Tyler every single week on the Cougar Tracks podcast, which I highly recommend you download on kslsports.com or wherever you get your podcast. But, Tyler, what do you think of this rivalry? This has been a, a series that has grown a ton over the past decade, and it's the last scheduled meeting. What do you think of this matchup and rivalry with the Broncos? Yeah, no, absolutely. Boise is a long, you know, long-standing program. They're really, they're really good, have been really good, um, and so it's fun. It is, it, you, know, it's, you know, it's not, it's not the Utah-BYU rivalry by any means, but uh, – but it, it is a lot of fun, um, especially, you know, as games have gone back and forth over the years. Uh, we're excited. Yeah, we're really excited to go up there to Boise and, and yeah, play on the Smurf turf and uh, and get after those guys. So it, it'll be fun. It's kind of a nice spot for you guys to be in. I, I know that people are, you know, doubting you guys right now You know, with the four-game skid and you guys are an underdog. But there's also the revenge element you can play too because last year Boise – kind of spoiled things for you guys when you were undefeated in the top 10 team. There's that in play as well, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Like that's, yeah, we're going back for that game. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, this is not going to be, yeah, this isn't, I think it's going to be a battle, man. Um, we're going to be battle on our side. Yeah. We want, we want to, you know, we just want to return the favor. That's all. We want to go spank them at home. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're really excited for that. You didn't get a play in the 2020 game where there was amidst COVID the blowout game because you were you were injured, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, you, what do you think of the the blue turf? What from what you've seen are you, is that is that have you ever played on a colored field that's not green before? I don't think so. Not that I can like remember off the top of my head, but honestly, I don't think it. I think in the moment, I don't think you notice it too much. Yeah. You know, you're looking at like hash marks and, you know, it still has all the markings, even though it's a blue field. Yeah, it'll be a little different. But, uh, but yeah, honestly, I think mid game, you're not going to, I mean, you're focused on other stuff. So you're just, 
Boise's going to be wearing a blackout. You guys will be having the uh, the all whites with the the nickel face mask. So be a good looking uniform matchup. And you know, Boise they're they're looking like a pretty good uh, offensive squad as of late. They had that uh, that setback, a shocking setback to UTEP back in September. They overhauled the offensive staff. Dirk Cutter, former NFL head coach, he's serving as the interim OC, and they've done a nice job. This Taylor Green at quarterback. Dual threat guy. He's improving in the passing game the past few weeks. What do you make of of Green and and his capabilities and the challenges he poses? Yeah, he's a you know, he's a big tall dude, um, long. Yeah, can can throw it and can run and um, yeah, their offense. You know, the well coached, right? Um, you know, they've, they've got they've got good coaches out there, and, and it shows, right? Um, they execute, they get after it, um, run the ball, throw the ball. Uh, yeah, so um, they've, they've put some really good stuff on tape, and and uh, you know as, as we're, we're preparing to go up and play them this week, um, just yeah, watching that and and uh, just getting ready to uh, pretty much shut down whatever they are going to try to throw at us, right? Uh, so, um, but yeah, overall good offense, and it's gonna, it's going to be a challenge, right, to uh, to shut them down as they've you know they've been rolling and, and been doing some good stuff. How big of a conversation has stopping the run been from Kalani this week and maybe since he's taken over? Just what is he doing to, to try to make sure that is dialed in this week? Huge, right? Um, just like things in meetings, things in practice, uh, doing a lot of different things just to make sure that, yeah, we it's been a big point of emphasis, right? We've got to be able to stop the run, um, you know, Every every time they attempt to run the ball, right? We've got to be able to stuff it. We've got to be able to shut them down. Then we've got to be able to get off the field. And so, uh, yeah, stop the run's been a huge point of emphasis. Taylor Green, when you said he's a big guy, you're right. I mean, 6'6", 220. He's got to be the, the tallest QB you guys have, have seen, if, if memory serves me right. I think Blake Shapin was pretty tall, but not 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah, he's the tallest guy uh, we've played against this year. So, um yeah, he can. You know, he can see. Has better vision. Yeah, he's just he's a bigger body to bring down. KJ Jefferson was pretty big too, but yeah, he was like six three. Taylor Green will be an interesting uh, challenge. You know, I, I'm curious too, Tyler. Uh, I always find these spots interesting in, in the schedule because we've seen this year that you know BYU has played well against teams where there's some recent history against Baylor, Utah State. You know, teams that you've had some familiarity with. You look at, I mean. Again, not making excuses or anything for you, for you guys, but it's how big of a help or benefit is it preparing and, and know how you have some just personal experience knowing how physical they play at the line of scrimmage compared to a team you just never have faced before. Like how much does that help when preparing for a game? It does help, right? Any type of familiarity uh, is really useful um, when, when getting ready, right? Just having – a general idea of, you know, how their programs ran or, you know, how they like to, to work their offense or defensive scheme um, <clears throat> is useful. Yeah, is, is super useful. And so, um, yeah, and, and again, it also gives you, yeah, a little bit more history, um, you know, a little bit more beef, if you will, you know, <laughs> in between teams. And so, um, yeah, it's they're always interesting and they're always fun. Does it feel like Cutter has come in and – it's like a completely different offense than what they were doing before with Hank Bachmeyer. It's honestly, it's pretty similar, right? Um, 
you know, you, you, you put on the tape and you, you see a lot of zone, right. They run a ton of just zone and, and, um, you know, three step and, and, um, you know, they move the quarterback around and, uh, make sure, you know, he's clean, um, to get balls off. And so, um, honestly, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing really crazy. It's, it's really, uh, if you will, pretty vanilla football, right? Um, we'll see if they have any tricks up their sleeves for us <laughs> come, come Saturday. But, uh, but yeah, overall, it's pretty simple. One thing about this series over the past decade is in, or, uh, turnovers have played a huge role in this series. Uh, there's, uh, it seems like in both teams this year, um, you know, both defenses, only nine takeaways, uh, this year, but, uh, it seems like whenever these two face off, uh, the turnovers seem to fly at a higher clip. Uh, do you feel like the defense is in a place where you guys could be a little more opportunistic potentially in this week? Yeah. Takeaways are a big part and, you know, we got to get more. That's, that's another, another piece to the puzzle. And so, um, I think guys, yeah, like I said, are hungry and they're going to be looking for those opportunities. You know, they've been doing so in practice and they're going to be doing so in the game. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we end up with a couple. BYU and Boise kicks off at five o'clock on FS2 and here on KSL News Radio. Before we close, uh, Tyler, I wanted to, uh, talk to you too about a little bit of the culture of the BYU football team. I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. I, I feel like, and I'm not going to sit here and lecture people on how to be fans. I don't think you are either. I mean, it's, it's, you can fan how you want, but for some reason, the love and learn, uh, messaging from Kalani has gone under fire from pockets of people on message boards and social media. And look, it's fine. What, whatever. But the culture at, in that BYU football program as a guy that's a leader, as a guy that, uh, is seeing the highs, seeing some of the, the tough times right now. Is that culture still as strong as ever? And do you feel like it can, as Kalani has said, really be the foundation to lead BYU out of these tough times right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Nothing. So nothing comes, uh, nothing comes easy. Nothing comes without, uh, a little bit of perseverance. Right. And, uh, and so we just trust our process. That's, that's what it comes down to is, yeah, things just, yeah, like, like we talked about before, just haven't necessarily gone the way we had hoped or wanted or envisioned, um, them to go. And, and whatever, like at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, we got to just keep going forward. And, 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 and the thing you can't do is, um, start questioning everything and, and, you know, throw it all out the window. It's no, this has worked in years past. It's going to work for years to come. It's just, uh, trusting the process, doubling down, reinvesting, um, and, and honestly, just kind of weathering through and, and until we, you know, get back on track where we're supposed to be. Um, there's, there's not much more to do that uh, to do than that. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's just trusting the process. You can't, you can't throw it all out the window, you know, at a moment's notice just because, you know, something was off or, you know, even after uh, a slide like this, it's just, yeah, you just got to trust it. Is the love for Kalani as, as strong as ever? Because I, I know that, you know, Kalani was a big piece of your recruitment and, and for you personally, just the team, it, it's, it still feels like it. Uh, I'm curious just to get your thoughts on just the, the willingness to, from the team to really rally and, and get behind Kalani. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, I think, 
I think you talk to any guy here at BYU and, and Kalani is going to have a massive role in, in, in why they're here. And so, um, yeah, again, he, you know, he has our backs. We have his back. That's yeah. Right. That's just, that's just, that is the culture, right? That is, that is, that is the culture here. And, uh, and so, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about, um, how things are going to, going to pan out. I know the type of dudes that we have here and the type of coaches. And so, it's just going to take a little bit of time and figuring some stuff out and some work and, and uh, yeah, we'll get things back on track. Absolutely. One thing I've always said, Tyler, is that, uh, you know, BYU football, they can have some, some tough moments, but they don't have the, the tough times for long. They always bounce back in unexpected spots too. And, you know, underdog blue turf. Hey, why not play a spoiler <laughs> and, uh, Get a big win. This could be some. This could be a win that really gets things back on track and and uh, turns the fortunes of the season. I I know that you know the possibility of seven and five wouldn't be what you guys envisioned, but uh, it, 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 considering the circumstances right now, if you could get a win on the blue, that'd be quite the win for the program. Always appreciate you joining me, Tyler. Appreciate the great insight as always to share this with Cougar Nation. And spend so much time with me and uh, best of luck. Most importantly, stay healthy and. Uh, I'll see you up in Boise. Okay, sounds good, Mitch. Have a good one. There you go. That's BYU defensive end Tyler Batty as he gets ready to take on the Broncos for the third time in his BYU career. Taking a break on the other side, we'll continue to break down BYU and Boise State here on Extended Pregame Live from Idaho here on KSL News Radio. BYU, Boise State. Down the sideline, the 10, the 5, he's going in. Touchdown, Cougars! Special extended pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage for BYU versus Boise State. Kickoff coming up today at 5 o'clock. Extended pregame coverage is brought to you by UCCU. UCCU has 15 month savings certificates with APY of 4%. UCCU, love where you bank. This weather today, we're live here in Idaho. I'm, I'm up here uh, near Albertson Stadium, and Matt, uh, it feels like whenever we have these road games with BYU, there's always some inclement weather, some rain potentially in the forecast. It's a very cloudy day here in Idaho, and weather's going to factor into the conversation for this game. 70% chance of rain, uh, a high of 47, so it, it's going to be a bit on the chilly side. What is it about this game that the weather seems to always come out too? Last <laughs> last year in October it was rainy. 2019, 2019. The weather that was some of the worst weather I've ever sat in in my life. Anyone who was at that 2019 game, it was crazy. I know you were there. You were probably in the press box. I was. So I was. you didn't. There was no inclement weather for you. <laughs> but uh, for the fan, anyways, this game has been crazy weather for a long time. It, it looks like it's going to be bad weather yet again. Uh, here's the thing. I don't want to spoil the end of the show where we give our predictions and take a deep dive. To me, if BYU wants to win, they have to run the football. Having it be rainy doesn't change that, in my opinion. At the end of the day, they've got to find a way to win the line of scrimmage. So if this forces them to run the ball more, maybe that helps BYU. But uh, it, you know, conditions will not be ideal later tonight as they uh, kick off uh, from Albertson Stadium. The good news is is that uh, BYU earlier this year in a game that had rain uh, was USF, and that was the only game where they played a complete game and looked really good. <laughs> good point. So maybe that's the, the sign that BYU needs. Uh, week two, it was the moon. Remember Robert Griffin on the TV broadcast? The moon, the full moon is out in full force. Week one, it's 
The rain. Uh, maybe the rain can uh, play a role and give BYU a spark. Heck, that's what we're turning to. Folks, can you believe it? BYU was this team that was a preseason top 25 team, and now we're like, yay, there's some trends of BYU playing well in rain. They'll take anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, they will. So, uh, you know, something to keep an eye on. But here's the thing, too. I remember before the USF game asking Aaron Roderick about, do you dunk balls in water, and what are you doing to be prepared? Look, Jaron Hall takes care of the football. Yeah. I'm not worried about the weather with the quarterback for BYU. It's Whether they win or not, the rain and weather will not have an impact. Look, I'm I, if I'm Boise State, I'm they're the ones that probably should be more worried. They're the team that also has lost some bad games. They lost to UTEP. They played a weaker schedule. I mean, I, I don't think there's that big of a gap between BYU and Boise. And BYU has shown that they can pull off upsets against the Broncos. So uh, we got to take a break, though. We're, we're going to continue to break down this matchup in, in greater detail. And you'll hear from one of the BYU players talking about this matchup. That's Connor Pay. Matt caught up with Connor earlier this week. So you'll hear from BYU starting center once again. And that road back to being in that starting lineup. Here on extended pregame coverage from Idaho, it's BYU of Boise State here on KSL News Radio. Four losses in a row. It goes right through his arms, off his midsection to the turf. A drop ball. Four missed opportunities to turn the season around. Timeouts have been exhausted. All they can do is kick it and hope to win it. The Cougars travel to Boise State today for a rivalry sure to put them to the test. It comes at a crucial, soul-searching moment. The only way to turn it around is to love each other, focus on each other, stick to our core values, our principles. The Cougars have what it takes. Can they put it all together today and get back on track? I'm really excited about uh, correcting things and getting things back to where we can play at our best. This is KSL's special extended pregame coverage sponsored by UCCU. Our hosts are Mitch Harper and Matt Bonmonte on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Hour number two underway here on extended pregame coverage, and it's brought to you by UCCU. UCCU has a 15-month savings certificate with an APY of 4%. UCCU. Love where you bank. Right now, let's get out to the starting center for BYU football. He is Connor Pay and Connor. Boise State got you guys last year. This is a rivalry game. Do these games have a little bit more extra motivation uh, when it comes time to put the helmets on and, and play the Broncos? Well, I mean, we're always motivated to play Boise State. You know, it's always a big game for us, and I know it is for them as well. And, I mean, they took one from us last year, so... This is this is one we've been thinking about for for a while now. You know they're a good team. They they play us well every year, and we've had our ups and downs this year. And we need to put it together and uh, be prepared to go play a, a complete game uh, up at Boise if we want to get the win. There's a few teams from last year's schedule that beat you last year: Baylor, uh, Boise State, who you mentioned. Is there extra motivation to play those teams, knowing last year they got you guys? I mean, sure. You know because it sucks especially with the situation in last year's game. We were undefeated going into that game. And then, and then to drop that one at home, you know, and that's, that's, I mean, obviously that stings a little extra than some of the other games. So it's in the, it's in the back of your mind. And if anything, it motivates you to practice harder, to study film harder, do a little extra. And, you know, that's what we need right now to get things back on track is every individual has to be accountable to how they play and how they prepare. I don't want to dwell on the past too much, but what do you learn good and bad from that uh, close loss last week against East Carolina? I mean, that was that was a tough one, just because we hadn't we hadn't played 
well as a team over the last few weeks, and we saw sparks a little bit in that game of what we were at the beginning of the season, and we were just unable to sustain it. So I think you know, what we can take away from that is that this team still has what we had against USF, against Baylor, against those teams in us. We just have to play like it week in and week out, and we haven't done that, and that's nobody's fault but our own. And so coming and having that juice and sustaining it throughout the whole game, there's, Boise's a good team. There's going to be adversity. You know, they're going to score a little bit. They're going to get make some plays on defense against us on offense. And so being able to persevere through that and push through that, which is something we were really good at last year. We won a lot of close, tough games, and this year we have not been good in those uh, scenarios. And so I think what we learned is that we can play at that level and we need to play at that level consistently. It's been there all year long, but it's been in- incredibly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, <clears throat> we need to find a way to consistently play at that level throughout this entire game and through the rest of the season. Does consistency play a role in getting the extra yard or two yards in those critical situations? I'm, I'm referring to the fourth down and shorts so that you guys got stuck against East Carolina. Is, is that is that where you think needs to improve to, to make those plays? For sure. Because if, if we're more consistent play-by-play, play, we wouldn't have been in those situations. We would have gotten the first downs before that. You know, if we can consistently do what we're coached to do, it's not going to take us four downs to get 10 yards. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And so a lot of those tough situations we put ourselves in because we played inconsistently. And then you see the drives where bam, 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 we're marching right down the field. And then the next drive we come in and we go three and out. Like, we can't do that. And so we have to be able to sustain that and be consistent because then it'll avoid some of the – and they'll happen. You know, sometimes the defense will make a play. You'll get in those situations. You have to win in those situations. I think consistency absolutely plays a role. On a bright note, you guys rushed for over 200 yards. It was the first time you had done that since the opener against USF. What, What do you take away from establishing the run like you did against the Pirates? It's good. I mean, for us as an offensive line, that was something we knew we needed to do is something we've struggled with all year is sustaining drives. So our, some of our drives have ended quickly. And so being able to sustain the run game, which is something that Coach Roderick emphasized the entire week, and we were able, we were able to do that. You know, I was, I was happy with how we played as an O-line in being able to consistently establish the run. You know, obviously there are those two fourth downs where we didn't get it done in the run game. But... You know, overall for the game, you know, we were able to run the ball well, averaged a decent amount of yards per carry, um, and we have to be able to do that on a consistent basis because that'll open everything else up for us. You were back in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been communicated throughout the year from Coach Aaron Rodder and <clears throat> Coach Funk about the position battles and, and who gets to start and who doesn't? It's every day. You know, I mean, it was no secret going into this year that we had really eight guys who had started games in the past and who could start. So the second you slip up, you know, your spot's up for grabs. And that's been no secret really at any position the whole year. Everyone's had their moments. And for me, I did not play well against Notre Dame, uh, and they decided to make a change uh, because of that. It's nobody's fault but my own. And so being able to work back from that and then to be able to play well against ECU, I mean, it's just – it teaches you a little bit. It's kind of an unfortunate way to have to 
learn that lesson, but right. to just a hundred percent every single play. Don't think too much. Don't overdo your job. Just do your job and just get it done. And that is something I think I, I got away from midway through the year. It's kind of worried about a lot of other things and uh, it cost us in some situations. So, but it was good to be able to get back into the lineup and to perform well and to help the team. So, a few more moments here with Connor mm-hmm. Pay on extended pregame coverage. You talked about consistency and maintaining that spark that you saw from the from the beginning of the season. What particular aspects of the game will be critical for you guys to get a win on the blue turf? Got to be able to run the football. Have to be able to run the football. They're one of the best rush defenses in the country. You know, the, overall, they're one of the best defenses in the country. So for it, we just need to be able to sustain drives, keep the ball moving, and score every time we get in the red zone. You know, touchdowns in the red zone. We don't want to settle for field goals. We want to score touchdowns. And so I think being able to establish a run will open things up for Jaron and the receivers will give uh, A-Rod more freedom in his play calls. And uh, so I think for us as an offensive line, that's that's our number one goal is to establish the run and obviously protect the quarterback. Connor, thanks for the time. Good luck at yeah, Boise no State. Problem. And we'll see, we'll see you around. Thank you. Hey. There you go, Connor Pay. Great stuff from BYU's starting center who was back in the starting lineup last week. Against East Carolina, it's presumed after playing well against the Pirates, he'll be starting again against the Broncos. Got to take a break on the other side. Let's get into an injury report. Who is out? Who is in? We'll get you the latest on what we know about BYU football as they get ready to play Boise State. You can hear that game at 5 p.m. right here on KSL News Radio. BYU, Boise State. Hand off middle. First down. Special extended pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to extended pregame coverage. It's another BYU football game day, game number 10. Hard to believe it's. Where did the year go? It's flown by, Matt, and some fans would probably say, Thank you. Have it fly by quicker because of the struggles. <laughs> BYU's on a four game losing streak. But then there's others like, you just, you always appreciate a football game day, even when they're struggling because. You know, when May rolls around and if my wife's listening right now and I'm at a family vacation at some lake, I'll be like, you know what? I I like those college football game days. I can't wait till the fall. But, hey, you know, it, it's, it does go by fast. That's for sure. I was, and it's a big game. Because if you win this, you're bowl eligible. It is. And I always think back to the days of Mark Lyons when he's like, he would just almost cry on the mic. Like, football season's almost over, Greg. It's a Great day Frank, for my a, boy. <laughs> a few a, more. Days left. <laughs> it's a great day for a football game. Um, <laughs> love we you, love you, Mark Lyons. Love you, Mark Lyons. One of my sorry to get off on a tangent here, but one of my great moments in broadcasting. I'm a KSL intern with Greg Rubel. <laughs> I get invited to a fall scrimmage at the stadium, exclusive to Ooh. a few select people. That's cool. The BYU broadcast group being one of them. And I sat next to Greg and Mark, and I was, you know, charting plays and just hearing them talk football. It was it was fun. Like Mark Lyons is a is a really cool, good dude. So that was, anyways, <laughs> us imitating Mark Lyons in a poor fashion is because we love Mark yes. Lyons. He was part of my uh, podcast, The Century of Cougar Football, which I highly recommend you listening to it. Shameless plug there, uh, but. You know, Mark's a great guy, and uh, we miss Mark. But uh, you just, uh, whatever the season gets near, I always just remember his his calls of just feeling 
missing football. And I, I feel the same way because football season means so much. And what means a lot more is when BYU gets back on the winning side of things. And it becomes tougher, though, when you deal with all the injuries that BYU has faced. And, Matt, I swear this BYU program, it's not just it's, – it's, it's a unique ability at BYU to where – when a guy is trending up and he's becoming a story or he's already become a story and he's having big games, they just always get taken away. And, it's and happened four or five times this year. It's unbelievable to me, and the most notable one is Cody Epps. Uh, he was out last week. He's out again today, and, well, he's out for the season. Uh, Cody Epps is dealing with an upper body injury that he suffered against Liberty. Uh, he's out. That's a significant loss. Lucky for BYU, as we look at the injuries, the wide receiver room is still uh, intact for the most part with Puka Nakua and Chase Roberts. They're good to go. Gunny, Gunny Chase Romney, is though. one of those guys. Yeah. Plus on a scene against Baylor, uh, had a couple plays against Oregon. Gone. gone. Miles, Miles Davis. Davis. Yep. It, it, it Chris just, Brooks even. It, it always happens. Chaz Ayu last week. Chaz Ayu, another guy that's out. Uh, he gets his first start of the season after a long road back. Suffers an injury. Out. Peyton Wilgar. He wasn't practicing this week. Max Tooley, not practicing this week. Jaron Hall is expected to be good to go. Uh, he's been dealing with a shoulder. but He's been taking all the practice yeah, reps. He, so. Everyone yeah. has kind of downplayed any sort of significance about that shoulder. So, hey, I'll take that line well, of thought. And, maybe and we'll hear it about it a couple of years down the road. That there was, you remember last year, it was like, eh, no big deal. I know. J.K. was broken ribs. You know, I, I will never understand that because especially for Jaron's sake, too. And, look, I'm not knocking Jaron. He's... He's a heck of a quarterback, and that guy's going to be in the NFL next year if he moves on, which I think many of us expect him to do. But, like, just, you know, it's okay to say that maybe the shoulder's hurting. It's bothering you. No one's going to knock him. I think, in fact, there would be a little bit more leniency uh, to understanding some of these performances because last week against East Carolina, it doesn't all just fall on the defense. It was the offense, too. Yeah, but it wasn't him. Jaron no, Hall, Jaron I, Hall yeah. was great against East Carolina. He was. I mean, he's a, he's a top 16 candidate for the Davey O'Brien, for heaven's sake. So that got whittled down, and he's a part of the mix. I mean, but, uh, yeah, it, it, the, the point here is there's a lot of guys that are going to be out. There's some guys that are going to be questionable. I, I think the big one that we're wondering about is Gunnar Romney. Uh, you know, no inclination this week on which way they're going to go. Uh, it, it, I think it's safe to say it's a game time decision. Chris Brooks, a less so game time decision. I, I would expect doubtful. Him, I would expect him to be out. Doubtful to me is code for out now. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, I feel like we need to translate the definitions on the in- game time decision. <laughs> unlikely. Yeah. Doubtful. Out. <laughs> Out, out for multiple weeks. <laughs> that's a great point. That's, that's a fantastic way to put it, honestly. I hope we get to a point where the Big 12 and Brett Yormark, they become additive once again and just say, we're getting standardized availability reports. I, I look forward to that day because it can be a, a real headache trying to monitor all of this. But, hey, that's, that's part of the game in college football today is, again, BYU gets ready to take on Boise State here in Idaho at Albertson Stadium on the blue turf for the final time, at least scheduled time, uh, between BYU and Boise State. Kickoffs at 5 o'clock. We'll continue to break it down here on Extended Pregame, live from Idaho here on KSL News Radio. Cougars are in crisis. BYU's been outgained tonight, 424 to 388. BYU takes.
past the four-game skid to one of the toughest places to win in the country, Boise State. Lack of execution, and it seemed like third, third and short and fourth and short is our nemesis right now. It's special extended pregame coverage brought to you by UCCU on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. You know the show. You know what time it is. Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. Mitch and Matt Clash in a weekly battle of BYU sports knowledge. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. Yeah, this is the Top 5. We've been doing this for several years. If you're a longtime listener, this may be your favorite uh, segment of the program. Uh, Dallin, our producer here, puts together a list. Me and Mitch with uh, no material, no computers, no cell phones, just off the cuff. We kind of go back and forth and see who can be the winner of the top five. And after all this time, we both have 54 wins apiece. So this one is pivotal, Mitch. And let's bring in our producer, Dallin. Dallin, how's it going, man? It's going good, yeah. Uh, Do you have an announcement for the fans, too? Well, yeah, I was going to say, this is a good timing that we're doing the top five because you guys are tied, and uh, this is going to be my last time doing the top five on Cougar Sports Saturday. Dang. I'm, I'm wow. out. I'm, I'm headed. Uh, I'll be full-time with the KSL Sports Zone and the promotions uh, on there, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, obviously going to miss doing the top five here, so we got to get a winner so we can walk away knowing so who had one. the all-time lead. Tied at 54 heading into this week, and I thought it fitting to end these top fives here with a basketball list because we are headed into basketball season. You're right. Right. Just had the exhibition game against Ottawa this week. And listen, I think the freshmen are going to be big this year. Youth is big for this BYU basketball team. And so big freshman seasons. We're going to look at the most points scored in a freshman season. BYU basketball history. That's the top five today. Most points scored as a freshman for BYU basketball, uh, you know, they got a lot of guys. Dallin Hall, Richie Saunders, Tanner Toulson. Uh, someone's going to have to step up and contribute. Perhaps somebody could find themselves on this list. So that's what we got in store today. Sounds great. Uh, no uh, no questions for me, Mitch. You're good? I'm good. Let's do this thing. All righty. You just got to give me the name, obviously, because we're just talking freshman year, so year doesn't matter. So just give me the name of the player. And, again, we're looking at total points scored during their freshman season. And we will start with Mitch this week. Where do you want to go first? Danny Ainge. Yeah, you got the easy one out of the way. Well done. Uh, Danny Ainge is on the top five, and he is number one on this list. He averaged 21.1 points per game as a freshman, 632 points scored that season. That was the 1977-1978 season. And, I mean, Danny Ainge has... Went on to be one of the one of the best, if not the best, BYU basketball player we'd seen. So. And he just listened to this segment and said, "Mitch, as a byproduct for you picking me first, I am going to unload you for an asset. I'm going to trade you <laughs> and ship you off because you should not be playing that well right out of the gate." So, Danny is. Traded me, too. So along yeah. with this being your last day, apparently, if it's up to Danny Ainge, he's going to trade me as well. A protected first-round pick for Mitch, and uh, that's pretty good value for Mitch Harper. So Cash you know. considerations as well. <laughs> Cash considerations. And, uh, maybe a free meal at the Chuck-a-rama. <laughs> All righty, Matt. Uh, <laughs> next guess is yours here. Where do you want to go? Yeah, I want to go with... Um, you know, gosh, there's a few different ways you could go. I, I, I feel like this was his best year in 
you know, is only memorable years of BYU Cougar. Let's go Nick Emery. Ooh, good guess there on Nick Emery, but he's not in the top five. He doesn't actually, well, okay. He does qualify, but he doesn't qualify because the stats were taken away. So he's not on the top five oh my because the stats are oh, in no. the record book. Listen, the stats if are in I the record book. I lose the freaking top five over this. They're not in the record book, but I'm going to give you the number because the numbers exist. He scored 585 points as a freshman. That would have been second to Danny You're Ainge. freaking kidding me. Blame the NCAA committee, Matt. I don't know what to tell you. That was my next pick. Uh, that was good because I remember that San Francisco game where he tore it up on the hilltop and he was outstanding. And like Danny Ainge was inspired by this segment, Nick Emery now has shared an Instagram post, angry as well, that Matt has not got on the board. Uh, my next pick will be, let's see here. I am going to go with my guy, Shout out Mark Bigelow. All right. What a pull there by Mitch. Mark Bigelow yeah, makes boy. the list. Yes. 1998, 1999 season. Mark Bigelow averaged 15 points per game, 419 total points. It's good for fourth, but that points per game total is actually good for second on Mung BYU freshman just behind Danny Ainge. Total points fourth, though. Dude was nice. And back then we saw. Uh, a BYU, Arizona, maybe a future Big 12 tilt in the Marriott Center. I think Bigelow, like one of those teammates, what was it, Bart Jepson got knocked out by Eugene Edgerson. But, yeah, Bigelow was nice, man. He was silky as a freshman. I really like that guy. I love it. I think we go back to Mitch here for a chance to sweep the top five and earn that pivotal 55th win. You know, I I don't think it's right uh, because he didn't get the volume. I'll go with him. Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, no Jimmer on the top five. In fact, he is not in the top ten. Yeah, because points. Murdoch played in front of him. Ben Murdoch, who you see on the commercials. Yeah, Jimmer was not uh uh did not play in front of him <laughs> until that, that uh tournament game against Texas A and M. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Matt, the door is open for you. I need this badly. Uh he only played one year here. Is it good enough? Sean Bradley. There we go. Oh. Matt on the board with Sean Bradley. 1990-1991 season, 14.8 points per game, 503 points total, second on the list, Sean Bradley. Sean was the man. Uh, I, I I wasn't sure if he had enough points, but obviously he did. I, did you watch that uh, special that he did on KSL about a month, was it a month ago? Mitch, did you watch that? I did, yeah. That was, I mean, it was heartbreaking. But, man, it's just a, such a good dude. Uh, you know, I, I saw him at the BOU Vegas game in the wheelchair. Again, it's sad to see him in that state, but he'll always be a BYU legend. And, you know, his story is remarkable. I, I don't think I fully understood just how incredible it was, where he came from, how he grew up, having the impact he did at BYU, and then going on to the pros. Sean Bra uh, Bradley's the man. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, we are 2-1 in the top five, and again, we're looking at the most points scored during their freshman season. Hey, wait uh, a minute. BYU basketball. Oh, we go, go back to me? We go back to Matt I here. I stole from you. He did, yeah. You, you did steal from Matt. So we're 2-1. I'm going to read the names we have so far. Danny Ainge, Sean Bradley, <laughs> and Mark Bigelow. We're looking for two more names, most points scored during the freshman season. Are we looking for, please, I need this. <laughs> Are we looking for Devin Durant? No, Devin Durant. 
That is a tough one. He is 10th. He is 10th mm. all time. Uh, 370 points scored in his freshman year, 1978, 1979, but he will not crack the top five. I think I've got it. Eric Mika. Mm. No, Eric oh, Mika as wow. well. Another good guess. He is ninth on the list in the top 10, but not the top five. Wow. Okay. Well, you've inspired me with a big man. I'll go from one big man to another big man. Trent Playstead. Mm. Oh, good guess, but that not on there as well. Playstead eighth. You guys are making your way up though. This is the good news. We're going in the right direction. So eventually we'll get we'll get one. Another one of my guys. I went golfing with him before, and he saw my horrific golf swing. He it was so bad, it was really terrible. And I, I apologize to this man for having to see it in person. Uh, McKelly Wesley. There we go. Yeah, boy. McKelly Wesley. Mitch wins it with the name I thought we were going to be waiting on for a while. Honestly, I thought this would be the one, one of those lingering. Oh, we're no. not going to get it. But... Not McKelly Wesley, my friend. <laughs> that man brought BYU from the ground up and got him back to the NCAA tournament with the square shorts, the cougar on the backside, those nasty tan jerseys. But McKelly Wesley, he was a dog, and he was a... He was a good player at BYU, and I remember he had that sophomore slump a little bit, but uh, heck of a career at BYU and navigated tough times and got BYU back to the NCAA tournament with Coach Cleve and Terrell Leday. That was a and Trent Whiting, the the husband to Amber Whiting. That was a great BYU team in two thousand one, and it was a BYU. It was a Big Twelve game in the NCAA tournament. BYU Cincinnati. I can just go off about this two thousand one team like it was yesterday. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's let's fire it up. Shout out McKelly Wesley. Yeah, it's awesome. Thirteen point five points per game that freshman season for McKelly Wesley. He's fifth on the top five. The name we were missing. T.J. Haas, number three. Wow, the recent one? Yes, number three all time. Jeez. 470 points, 13.8 points per game for him in 16-17. Nick Emery, we don't like your Instagram posts, but uh, I'm with you that you got robbed. Your stat should be in the Hall of Fame. Or it's not the Hall of Fame, just in the record book, and I should have gotten that. That would have changed the landscape of the game. I ticked. <laughs> it's true. What do you think about like Nick Emery's uh, sanctioned or the removed stats, it's it wouldn't even be an issue now in, in, in NIL. Yeah. It would just be framed as name, image, and likeness. He he got wrongfully done, and him and him and Coach Rose, and I can see why he's upset. And and uh, but yeah, I had to take that win. The Dallin Graf era comes to a close <laughs> with me on top. What a comeback! I was, you know, when I came to this show, and Dallin was the producer, and Matt was here, Cleon Wall. Alex Curie said, you have no chance. Matt is just a, a beast in that top five. He takes it way too serious. And I then had my Tim Tebow speech and said, I will never let you down again. Where the battles will continue, Matt, but uh, had to get this one. Congratulations, Mitch. we got to take a break here. Uh, we'll get back to football on the other side. Extended pregame coverage. Micah Harper, starting safety. We'll get his thoughts. BYU, Boise State. Score! Special extended pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame BYU, Boise State. Joining me now is the hard hitting safety, a man that shares basically the same name as me, minus one letter. He's Micah Harper. Anytime I, I tweet about this guy, people think I'm giving a humble brag to myself, but. 
This man doesn't, uh, he's not humble about anything. This guy is a big-time playmaker. It's Micah Harper joining us now on Extended Pregame. And Micah, how's it feel to you know be in that starting lineup and, and a key contributor to this BYU football team? It feels great. You know, just hard work pays off. I'm just happy to be out there making plays for the Cougars. Has it been tough, though, during to have like individual success amid some team uh, team struggles? Uh, yeah, it is. You know, it's you always want to have uh, credit when you're playing well, but at the end of the day, it is a team sport, and we need all 11 and on both sides of the ball to perform so that we can win the games. What's the vibe of the the defense right now? Because last week, you guys you guys made the necessary plays to you know get that get that win last week, but ultimately uh, the team came up short. What's maybe the the attitude? Was there kind of a um, you know some some positive momentum for the defense coming out of that? I would say so. I think that defense played pretty well last week. I feel like our goal every week is to get off the get off the field on third downs, uh, you know, let the off, or make the offense score less points than our offense, and ultimately just get the ball back to the offense. What do you feel like you've uh, kind of found your stride or your groove within this uh, BYU program right now? Uh, honestly, just playing strong safety, playing high on uh, you know deep coverages, playing low in the box. Playing man, just uh, you know, just being able to play all all parts are are using all my skill sets on the field. I, w- I want to go back a little bit, Micah. Again, talking with Micah Harper here as we get ready for BYU and Boise State here on KSL. Uh, you know, when you signed with BYU coming out of uh, Basha High School in uh, Arizona, I remember Kalani made comparisons uh, to Dion Lake. I don't know, are you familiar at all with Dion? Yeah, I, I, they told me when they recruited me that I was uh, projected to be like a swing defensive back, playing strong safety and corner uh, week in week out. And, and I bring that up because uh, you've shown that versatility because your first year in 2020, you like started eight games, I believe, at cornerback, and now you've, you're having success at safety. It's that, that versatility seems to be a strength of yours. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm just a complete football player, you know, played football my entire life, played quarterback, receiver, safety, linebacker, corner. It just shows the how versatile I am as a football player. I remember some of your defensive teammates coming into this year labeled you as one of the hardest hitters on the team. You've shown that on the field. Do you enjoy kind of laying that hit stick a bit? Yeah, of course. I just like setting the tone for the defense. You know, I'm curious, too, because you've navigated some injuries in your BYU career. You dealt with the ACL uh, last year. And then this year, coming into fall camp, I believe you had a ankle. There's been some setbacks, but health-wise, you feeling better than ever? Yeah, I feel great right now, you know, just keeping my body healthy and, uh, you know, keeping my mind strong and uh, my body feeling good, then uh, I projected to play good on the, uh, in the game. What do you think of uh, Boise State's offense? Taylor Green, dual-threat quarterback, what challenges does he and this Boise offense pose? Uh, they're a great team. You know, we know that they're going to try to line up and uh, run the ball on us, but we just got to man up, stack the box, and uh, stop the run. So stacking the box, is, is that something we can expect to see? Uh, yes, for sure. And, uh, you know, Micah, last thing for you, um, what's it going to take to regain that confidence for this program? Because this team coming into the year had so much confidence. Is it is it going to be tough to recapture that? I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, this is a rivalry game. Going in, uh, you know, it's a it's always going to be a tough game when you're going up uh, up north to play on the uh, Smurf turf. So I think a good win, we won't be back. You you were there in the 2020 game, right? Yep. What do you think of uh, the blue turf and just kind of the – I know that was an empty stadium, only 1,100 people at that one, but uh, uh, just maybe just the, the scene of playing on a blue field. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I, it was the first time playing on a colored field other than green. So, you know, I think it will be nice coming going back up north and uh, playing on it one more time.
Well, Micah, best of luck to you and this BYU defense, and uh, uh, congrats so far on the success you've had this season and uh, looking, for, looking forward to a strong close from you and your BYU teammates. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's Micah Harper here on Extended Pregame. BYU-Boise State countdown continues here on KSL News Radio. Four losses in a row. It goes right through his arms, off his midsection to the turf. A drop ball. Four missed opportunities to turn the season around. Timeouts have been exhausted. All they can do is kick it and hope to win it. The Cougars travel to Boise State today for a rivalry sure to put them to the test. It comes at a crucial, soul-searching moment. The only way to turn it around is to love each other, focus on each other, stick to our core values, our principles. The Cougars have what it takes. Can they put it all together today and get back on track? We're really excited about uh, correcting things and getting things back to where we can play at our best. This is KSL's Special extended pregame coverage sponsored by UCCU. Our hosts are Mitch Harper and Matt Bonmonte on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage of BYU and Boise State. Live from Boise, Idaho, as the Cougars get ready to take on the Broncos. Kickoff is at 5 o'clock. It's a big game for BYU. It's a big game for Boise. It's a rivalry game. The last scheduled meeting between these two programs before the Cougars go off to the Big 12 Conference. And I'm your BYU insider, Mitch Harper. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Biamonte. And we host Cougar Sports Saturday every week from noon to 3 here on KSL News Radio. And today's extended pregame coverage is brought to you by UCCU. UCCU has 15-month savings certificates with APY of 4%. UCCU, love where you bank. We love banking with UCCU. I'm sure Jaron Hall loves having our next guest blocking and protecting his blindside. That's left tackle Blake Freeland. Freeland's one of the top offensive linemen in college football out west, and he's a guy that has the potential to be an NFL draft pick next season. Blake Welcome on into the show and on this game day, BYU and Boise State. What's kind of the mood or the morale around this team heading into today's rivalry matchup? It's another week to bring good energy. Uh, I mean, like you said, we're in a losing streak right now, but nothing changed. we gotta got to keep coming and competing every day, and uh, I think we have something to prove as a team. Something did change, though, last week, and the ground attack got going uh, at a high clip with uh, Lopini Katoa. What was maybe some of the big differences when you evaluated the film last week that uh, caused so much success for you guys on the ground? We run the ball well, and I think uh, Coach Arod's down for whatever whatever's working, and uh, he let us let us run the rock a little bit, and I think uh, it, was, it was good for the team to get some get some yards running the ball. The offensive line wanted to make it a point to show you guys can can be that uh, great run blocking team that many expect you guys coming in to be. A hundred percent. I think we've just been waiting for an opportunity to to bust out some big runs and uh, just grind it a little bit and uh, just got to take advantage of every time we, we get the ball. What do you like about uh, run blocking you personally? It's just a good opportunity to displace to place, displace the man in front of you. Just opens up a lot of things. Uh, there's something about moving someone against their will that's uh, always exciting. Talk with Blake Freeland here on KSL News Radio, getting ready for BYU and Boise State. Uh, pass blocking this offensive line has done a really nice job protecting for for Jaron Hall. Is Coach Funk and A Rod have they felt pretty good about where you guys are at as far as pass blocking goes? Uh, I mean, there's always things we can get better at. I think we've done an okay job, but um, there's always things we can we can improve on, and uh, just got to keep number three clean. Uh, that's the goal every week, and we can always do better. Does that uh, 
can you for our for our listeners out there what is something that maybe you guys feel like you can improve on in the pass blocking uh, department uh just sustaining just sustaining blocks longer um i mean if jenny needs to hold the ball for five six seconds we got to block for five six seconds you know yeah, just little, just little things like that. Jaron, uh, speaking of him, he, he took off and run, ran a little bit last week. Was that kind of a, a new wrinkle that was maybe unexpected? Uh, I mean, we always knew he could scoot. It was exciting. It was exciting for him to get get moving a little bit. But um, yeah, if that if that's in the game plan, whatever whatever week it is, it's it's good to see him running around. He he really is an incredible athlete. I know that you know Coach Aaron has said that uh, they want to. You know, keep keep him upright at all costs. How important he is, but uh, he did show that athleticism last week. For for you, Blake, how have you felt like maybe your personal individual play? I know it's all about the team, but just assess maybe how you feel like you're playing right now as we head into the final quarter of the season. I think I'm, I think I'm playing all right. I think I need to have a lot of things to to grow and improve on. Just like every week, I make mistakes mistakes like everybody, and I'm always just trying to improve the game and uh, improve how we can uh, execute as a unit. You're a humble guy, uh, Blake. Uh, how would you? Uh, uh, but like your talent is is just massive. What's maybe your role in this program? Because and I bring this up because Kalani has brought up, uh, you know, it's fight or flight. Want to see leaders emerge during this adversity? What's maybe been your role as, as a guy that's one of the best players on the field for this BYU program? I think being here for four years now, it's important for me to just show an example of uh, what I think we should do right. What I think, uh, what I think is correct. Being a leader in that way, I'm not. I'm not too much of a vocal guy, but I'll bring. I'll bring the juice every once in a while. But I think just being an example out there and pushing others to be better, just just like I am myself. Who are some of those vocal guys uh, on the offensive side, if you don't mind sharing? Puka always. Puka always brings the juice. Jaron, Jaron's uh, he's not over, overly loud like a lot of guys, like some guys are. But he's uh, when he speaks, it's it's good stuff, and he gets gets people going the right way. How much does it help to uh, go up against a team that? you've seen last year uh, you know with BYU and Independence you guys face so many different teams from coast to coast but you guys have had success against squads that you faced last season USF Utah State Baylor how much does that help in preparation knowing what you're lining up against um, I mean we can watch the tape from last year I mean I feel like we played these guys a thousand times <laughs> like I feel like I'm always up against uh, Boise State it, it's good I mean you can see how they got you last year how you did well last year um, I mean it's always a different game coming into every season but it's just, it's just uh, good to see the last year's tape. It's wild to think of uh, your first start was uh, against Boise in 2019, and to where you're at now, like, do you almost kind of go, "Wow, I'm, I'm a completely different guy now"? Oh, 100. percent I don't, I don't even know, <laughs> I don't even know what to compare myself to my first year, uh, especially against Boise State, my first game. But uh, I think it's nine day difference. You were, I remember. What do, what do you, what do you remember from that game? Because I think memory serves me right. You went up against one of the best DNs in college football in that game. What, what do you remember? Um, I remember hearing the name, uh, Curtis Weaver. He was right. top top three rounds. I don't remember which one, but he was a stud. It was, it was a it was a good uh, kind of throw me into the fire type of game. Um, I was going against a stud right away. So, I mean, I held my own for the most part, but he, he, was, he was legit. Last thing for you, Blake, and you mentioned three rounds. Uh, I got to ask you, I mean, with how talented you are, is, is this kind of going to be – are you looking at this as your final month as being a BYU football player? What's – Kind of the mindset there for you? I'm not quite sure right now. Um, I'm just going to keep taking it game by game and just trying to trying to get better, and then we'll see we'll see where the end of the season takes us. Well, Blake, uh, stay healthy, man, and uh, congrats on all the success thus far, and uh, best of luck today here against Boise State. Yep, appreciate you. Thank you. And that's Blake Freeland, BYU left tackle.
here on extended pregame coverage of BYU and Boise State. Taking a timeout on the other side, we'll get to the injuries and what's causing some of these issues for the BYU football team as extended pregame coverage rolls on live from Boise, Idaho. BYU and Boise State coverage here on KSL News Radio. BYU, Boise State. Down the sideline, the 10, the 5, he's going in. Special extended pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage. We'll, we'll go up to uh, 3 p.m., then we'll hand it over to Greg Rubel. And uh, hey, if you want to make calls or, or interact a little more with pregame, you can head on over to the KSL Sports Zone, our guy. Alex Curie will be taking your calls if you want to interact with him over on our sister station, uh, KSL Sports Zone, Alex Curie pregame as well. So still got more to go here, though. And look, it's no coincidence, Mitch, that we've had a lot of offensive linemen on extended pregame show today. They're, they're going to be a key to whether or not BYU can get a win here in a few hours up at the blue turf. But yeah, one thing that doesn't cease to amaze me year after year. We touched on this earlier when we gave you a, a, an injury pregame report. It's just mind-boggling. It seems like year after year, Mitch, the injury bug hits BYU so hard. And you know, teams like Alabama don't suffer this many injuries. You know, it's it's it's. I think it's hard to win when you have the number of injuries that BOU's had, uh, and number of different starting players as well, because it, it hasn't all been injuries. I think about that Joe Tukawafu, Connor Pay swap. That wasn't injury-related. Micah Harper, who we had on, Ammon Hanneman swap. Right. So, uh, But the number is, is up there with some teams that you don't want to be with. BYU, through the first nine weeks of the season, is tied for third nationally in the in the highest number of different starters in college football. BYU has had 42 different starters play this season for the Cougars. A 42, 19 on offense, 23 on defense. The two teams in front of them, New Mexico with 47, Texas A&M with 43. The common thread between New Mexico, Texas A&M, BYU, and Colorado, who also has 42 different starters, they all have losing records. They're all bad teams right now. Yep. And Texas A&M is the most glaring because they had the best roster allegedly money could buy, allegedly. And <laughs> <laughs> you want to see how he did his deals? I got some guy named Slice Bread saying I'm paying for a roster. <laughs> Slice Bread. Jimbo. Gosh. But, yeah, I mean, they're losing teams right now. And BYU, you wonder, it's been a tough schedule. And then you pair up the the injuries and the shuffling of the starters. Almost like feel like we should probably have expected a four and five record with when you lay out lay out the, the schedule like that. The problem is both of those things are concerning to me yeah. because the, the injuries year after year makes me wonder: Are these guys getting the training they need in the off season to stay healthy? Uh, I'm not there, so I, sure. I can't necessarily say yes or no. But it is something I wonder. And the other thing I wonder is, too, in the case of uh, like a Micah Harper, is the evaluation in fall camp also where it needs to be to get the right people out there from day one? You know, that, that's not to say, um, you know, like the, to use the Harper-Hanneman situation, maybe Hanneman was better in camp, and he just doesn't play as good in games. And as you heard, Harper had the ankle in fall right, camp, And he had an injury, limited. so that's, the, you know, that's not me pointing the finger at the coaching sure. staff, but it, it just makes you wonder, like, hey – are these things happening at a high enough level to make it so 
you can win a lot of football games. I, and I think, too, you know, your interview with Connor Pay I thought was enlightening. And I thought Connor Pay said all the right things, but that move never should have happened. No. One bad game should not sink a man. And credit to him for responding the right sure. way. I, I agree. But one bad game should not sink a man. And because guess what? There's been a lot of guys on this BYU team that have had some bad days. We're going to bench Hall after the Liberty game? Yeah, you, you don't. You, you you still roll with the guys that ultimately you know are the top guys. And the problem is, with all of this shuffling, I don't know through nine games who the top guys are on the defense. I really don't know. Yep, yep. I, th- I, I believe it's Tyler Batty, who we had on the show. I think he's one of the leaders. But, you know, Caleb Hayes... He struggled. So. He's had moments. He's yeah. looked good in some. And But I just don't know who the best players are on the defense. I don't. I really don't. And offense, I know. Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua. Isaac uh, Rex, Blake Freeland. But, you know, Blake Freeland for sure. But, you know, I, I think that this consistent shuffling of things has caused some of the problems with the defense. And Definitely. Uh, a little bit, too, on the offense. I think at times with the offense, because they're not immune to blame through this stretch, I think sometimes Aaron Roderick has tried to overthink things to throw an element, a wrinkle at these opposing teams that they haven't seen on film. And I, look, if it works great and he's he's anointed as a genius and whatnot, I not Aaron Roddick's done a great job with reviving BYU's quarterback factory. He's done a fantastic job, but I'm willing to give him some leniency because of yes, that. Yes. But sometimes this year it's it hasn't been the A Rod that I think everyone has grown to appreciate. It's like just kind of get back to what you're comfortable doing and that's being that aggressive play caller and using the correct personnel, I just think sometimes there's been some maybe communication issues, not having the right personnel, and then it's been magnified. And ultimately, you're going to go to the coach to point the blame because these players still, even though NIL is a thing, they're not getting paid. Like they didn't get pay raises, so you know you, you point to Aaron Roderick and. Hopefully they can get it fixed because, you know, this is a great game to turn things around, uh, to get people feeling good again because this is a rivalry game yeah. and it's an opportunity today. Uh, you just hope that everyone can stay healthy because it is turf. It's going to be some rainy weather uh, because it feels like any time a BYU player this season gets some momentum behind them, they're going down with an injury. It's like, gosh, you just stay healthy at all costs. And please. the thing that I just really struggle with to understand, injuries are part of the game, right? Uh you can't avoid all injuries. However, why is it that some of the bigger programs in college football don't seemingly have these devastating injuries to the tune of thirty to forty people going down? So that you know, it's 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 a very interesting thing to think about and they gotta find a way to fix it. Well and just to before we get to a break, Matt, I mean I think again, when I'm talking about Kalani needs to from top to bottom, this whole organization has to be you got to find ways to improve everything for the Big 12 from the coaching staff to the support staff the strength and conditioning everything and everything's got to be evaluated and if you can get better going into the Big 12 you got to consider those options and that's yep. where again when we talk about tough decisions for Kalani whether they win today or not there's still got to be tough decisions in the offseason that yep. should be uh, you know, that that's going to be awaiting Kalani coming up after this year. Yeah, we'll take the break here on the other side. We'll get you three and out. A little uh, fun segment we do to get you prepared with some facts and some stats uh, as BYU and Boise State two and a half hours away from kick. Back after this. 
The Cougars are in crisis. BYU's been outgained tonight, 424-388. BYU takes a four-game skid to one of the toughest places to win in the country, Boise State. Lack of execution, and it seemed like third and, third and short and fourth and short is our nemesis right now. It's special extended pregame coverage brought to you by UCCU on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame, BYU versus Boise State. Cougars are four and five, Boise State six and two on a winning streak, four-game winning streak, and BYU's looking to end a four-game losing streak, and they'll have to do it on the difficult and challenging blue turf here in Boise. And this extended pregame is always brought to you by UCCU. UCCU has 15-month savings certificates with APY of 4%. UCCU Love where you bank. Let's break down this matchup with some three and out. Three and out. A quick hit look at BYU's next opponent on the gridiron. It's three and out on Cougar Sports Saturday. All right, this is something we do throughout the season on game days where it's a fun segment that will give you some interesting stats that could affect the game, some players to watch when you're watching or listening to the game, and, of course, some bold predictions. Like any football drive, it all begins with first down. First down. Here's where we give you an interesting stat that could have an impact on tonight's game. I'll start things off, Mitch, with the number 93. Uh, when it's that low, it's not a good thing. Oh. And that is the ranking of BYU's red zone offense this season. Not good. And they were so good the past couple of years in scoring in the red zone. They have taken a giant step back offensively when it comes to scoring in the red zone. Uh, they're only scoring on 78% of their opportunities in the red zone. Uh, missed some field goals. That's hurt the percentage. Uh, not even scoring at all like they did last week against East Carolina late in the game. So if BYU wants to get a win on the road and possibly get the bowl eligibility, they have to be better than seven. You know, three out of four trips you're scoring. That's not going to be good enough on the road. If you want to beat Boise State or Stanford, preferably beat Boise State, then you have a bye, then you have Utah Tech, and then hopefully you're at six wins, and it takes some pressure off. But, man... Just the red zone offense has been really disappointing this year, and there's no way they beat Boise State if they're that bad in the red zone later tonight. That's a great pull, and Boise State, just to build on that, they have not given up a red zone touchdown this season. So Boise State's defense, very good in the red zone. My stat is the number three. That's the number of times BYU has won as as a touchdown underdog under Kalani Satake. BYU is typically pretty good in this spot. They've won three times. The last two times this has happened where BYU is a touchdown underdog, they've won outright. 2021 Utah, 2019 against Boise, and the third time was 2018 against Wisconsin. Should be noted, too, if you're into this sort of thing, it's all entertainment purposes. Just keep that in mind. Uh, Disclaimer. BYU has... uh, has covered the last five times that they've been a touchdown underdog. So what I'm getting at is that BYU plays well when they are a huge underdog. That Kalani teams, they get up. They rise the occasion. And I will say that the vibe at practice this week was pretty good. Uh, you know, when the players would leave the field that Arkansas week, that Liberty week, it just had a tone and a feel that was like, this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to get it done. Uh, this week, it, it, the spirits did feel good. I, I feel like that fourth quarter last week against ECU, the defense. And in, and in 2019, spirits. they were, you know, we'll never know for sure, but they were probably playing for Kalani's life, livelihood. Well said. And it, it, are they playing for his livelihood today? We don't know. Probably not. Yeah, no. But uh, 
a chance to get to bowl eligibility, a little extra motiv- motivation, Boise State, that all bodes well. Yeah, it's a, it's a game where... You know, you've procrastinated the whole semester if you're a student, and now you got to cram to get that last little bit in to get ready for the final. Second down. What? All right, this next down is where we give you a player to watch. Uh, for me, on the BYU side of things, Lopini Katoa. Give that guy 20 carries again. Now, if that was Chris Brooks, I would say the same thing, but he's probably not available. So Lopini Katoa, I thought, was one of the bright spots against East Carolina. He got the ball a lot. He had a good yards per carry. He had a score. So Lapini Katoa, they have to run the football. And I think that he's been trending upwards. He's been playing good football. So keep an eye on Lopini. You heard Connor Pay earlier talk about they got her on the ball. Well, Lapini's going to be, I think, the go-to back. Miles Davis will be in there as well. But, you know, if you're going to play guys based on, you know, production and the way that they played previously, Lapini earned the job. With Chris Brooks out against, you know, with that performance against the Pirates. So keep an eye on Lopini. What about you, Mitch? My guy is Puka Nakua. Get him the ball at all costs. Uh, you know what? I don't typically want to see him at running back because he's gotten hurt in that spot in jet sweeps. But hey, if you got to go to that well, too, just find Nakua uh, at any time in this offense because he just makes big play happen. B- big plays happen. And against Boise State, if they want to pull off this upset, they got to get the ball to their playmakers because last week in. A key fourth down, a fourth down, a fourth and two in the red zone. They didn't do that. And then a fourth down where, or third down, uh, they, they passed out to Mason Wake. you got to find Puka Nakua in those critical spots. So my guy to watch is Puka Nakua. And I think we can co-sign for Boise State. Taylor Green, their quarterback, after Bonkmeyer no went into the transfer portal. Taylor Green kind of saved their season. He's been great for new coordinator Dirk Cutter. So a dual threat guy, he's going to be a challenge. Six. He's six six, two hundred twenty pounds. I mean, he makes KJ Jefferson look kind of, kind of small by comparison a little bit. I mean, Dalen Green's a a big QB for the Broncos. Third down. On this pivotal down, in three and out, where BYU hasn't been as good as they need to be, but we're going to be. Are as... you going to get the stop, Matt? <laughs> you to get off the field? I'm getting off the field with this bold let's prediction, get out of this Mitch. Segment. Quick, let's go. <laughs> My bold prediction, Jaron Hall. A rushing touchdown. Ooh, I, I just like. think Jaron Hall, it was so nice to see him against ECU run the football. And they weren't all quarterback design runs. There were a few, but there were some, too, where a play broke. Just get the yards. I think this year there's maybe been a little too much. And I'm talking about passing play specifically, Mitch. The play breaks down. You get outside the box, and you're waiting, 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 waiting. Oh, got to throw it away. Just go get five or six yards and get out of bounds. That's what we're looking for. We saw that against East Carolina. It added to the offense. It helped to the run game. I anticipate that will continue. And so a rushing TD for Jaron Hall. That was a bold prediction that was worthy of the old school. I'm moving my arms right now. Yeah, they do. It's and that growing up, that yeah. was my favorite. Oh, that I love always that get one. me jacked. That one and the uh, Lord of the Rings one, which made <laughs> you shall not pass. <laughs> Here's my bold prediction. BYU doesn't play on the blue turf again for at least 15 years. Is that bold? I think it's pretty bold. <laughs> at least why I, would they? I, I think it's. I think we're never going to see this thing. For, you know, what, I'll make it even bolder. 20 years. How about that? 20 I years. like that. However, can I just say I like this game. I would. I, I would. I would like. Here's a. Here's a. Speaking bold, I want this game played more than BYU Utah State. Yeah, 100. percent 
because it hurts the quarterbacks in the Utah State series. <laughs> Good point. Every quarterback gets hurt for that alone. Yes, play Boise. Even if you never win on this blue turf, play Boise because the quarterback that's might be upright. That's still. such a good point. The season changed with the Utah State game. It did. It's not a coincidence that Jared takes that hit and then they offense unravels. Since. Yeah. They're scoring since that game less. Their scoring points per game is uh, 11 points less. Since the Utah State injury to Jaron Hall. <laughs> we got to take a break. That was three and out. Extended pregame coverage rolls on. It's always brought to you by UCCU. Love where you bank. Live from Boise, Idaho. It's extended pregame BYU and Boise State here on KSL News Radio. BYU, Boise State. Hand off middle. First down. Special extended pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. We're back in to extended pregame coverage, final segment of the show. And however and wherever you listened, we appreciate you. And if you missed any of the show, there's still a couple hours for you to get uh, get ready on our podcast feed. So wherever you get podcasts or on uh, KSLSports.com, KSL Sports app, you can find Cougar Sports Saturday. Mitch has had a great time up in. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of the right word. My English vocabulary is not good enough. Uh, a gloomy day up in uh, <laughs> Boise, Idaho. I-, I wonder what kind of impact that will have, Mitch, ultimately. Um, last year it had an impact, right? It did. And this series, you know, turnovers are always a high number in this this series. It feels like there's always some wacky games between BYU and Boise. If you think back to 2012, 7-6. Don't uh, remind me. I was there. <laughs> that was Painful. Uh, there was the 2016 game where BYU has two pick sixes, yet Lose. they still come up short. Uh, there's always been some crazy games. BYU in 2019 against an undefeated Bronco squad, and Baylor Romney, the third-string quarterback, pulls it off with rainy trick conditions. Plays to Matt Bushman. Yeah, yeah, served Boise a dose of their own medicine, medicine with the trick play to Matt Bushman. So uh, this series has produced great games, and it's a bummer to see it go by the wayside. And But it's even bigger bummer that BYU has been playing poor. This could be the game, though, that gets them back on track. It's going to be tough because Boise's got one of the best, I think, offensive minds back in the day. I mean, he was once an NFL head coach, though. He's doing it basically as a labor of love. That's Dirk Cutter. He's a guy that loves Boise State football. He basically steps in. It would have been nice if BYU maybe could have this sort of situation in their own right. Like, who, who could be BYU's Dirk Cutter be on defense? But the uh, guy who just built a ranch in Montana? No, no, that was never going to happen. So uh, built a it, ranch, etc. Nip it in the bud yeah. right now. That we, was never going to happen. <laughs> BYU Boise State, though, it's a good game, and I think this is going to be a fun game. And I don't think BYU is going to get blown out. I think it's going to be close. I will say though, I'm going to go with the Broncos oh. because this this place is tough to win at. It just yeah. it is, and I'm going to go Boise State 28, BYU. 23 and BYU in that situation would be left with two weeks needing to win both in order to get to a bowl game. Matt, do you have a, a more positive outlook for this one for the Cougars? You know, that ECU loss was really painful. I, I think it stung for a lot of players, coaches, mm-hmm. and fans. However, now that it's firmly in the rearview mirror, there were some good things that happened in that football game. Jaron Hall got back to playing good football. Uh, they were able to run the football a lot better, and defensively they showed some life in the fourth quarter. Now, they need to play better throughout the whole game because in the grand scheme of things, they didn't stop ECU all that much, but they did get stops when they needed to late. 
I think building upon the good things from ECU, you throw in the rivalry, you throw in that Boise State spoiled BYU's perfect season a year ago. I don't know. I just have this weird feeling that BYU is going to right the ship against Boise State. Say I, it, Matt. I, 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 I'm manifesting it. I'm doing I like a it. LeVar Ball. I'm speaking it into existence. BYU 31, Boise State 27. I don't have a lot of hey. lo- logical reasons for it, Mitch. It just feels like, you know what? Everyone's written them off. The season is over. Yada, yada, yada. They win a football game. Like it's they, classic they ha- BYU. They have done that a lot in the Clonny era. Uh, but before the p- pandemic, they were like that 2019 game is a great example. Oh, the season is over. Clonny might be on the way out. Third string quarterback. Oh, woe is us. We lost to USF. They win the football game and kind of save that season. This isn't going to save this season, but it is going to, you know, help them get to bowl eligibility. So I'm feeling BYU, Mitch. I like that, Matt. And look, you've been on a heater. And you got to stay on that heater, You're man. Right. You've predicted the Liberty game right. You've predicted the ECU game right. Arkansas as well. That's right. You I'm, have. I'm so, three in a row. Hey, I, I like it, Matt. I, I, you gave me some more confidence. Let's wrap this thing up. Appreciate all of you. Appreciate UCCU for sponsoring this extended pregame. Check out all the coverage on kslsports.com, and we'll be back next week on the bye week from noon to three here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Extended pregame is a wrap here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.